Welcome to Prodigal and the Priest, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. I'm Joey Scansella, joined by my great ho- co-host and friend, Father Paul Bechter. How are you doing today, Father Paul? Doing good, Joey. How are you? Doing all right, doing all right. Um, so we have a bit of a conundrum. Um, oh. Our podcast, very popular. I mean, no surprise. I was surprised. Were you? Yeah. Really? I thought popular, but this is like topping the charts. Yeah, yeah. Out of control. Yeah, we're very popular. Yes. Yeah. Um, but my wife had a had a sit down talk with me. Okay, she said, "Listen, it's going great. You're doing great." She affirmed me. Words of you know, uh, words of affirmation is my love language. She affirmed me. But she said, "You're gonna lose your female audience if you always talk about just sports analogies," mm. which is tough for us to hear. Right? We love sports. It is. But. So I told her, okay, episode five, we're gonna redeem it a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna bring in a few topics that are not a ton sports related, so that our, our female audience does not feel neglected in this space, but also still applicable to everybody around. How's that sound? Sounds all right. Um, yeah. You're on the fence. I, yeah, I mean, on the fence could be a sports analogy too. But, but it's, it's really not. Sorry, I take that back. It's Humpty Dumpty. There you go. <laughs> so I thought this time would be interesting. I, I want to call this the baby edition, okay? Because, as you know, my wife is pregnant. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. I 20, affirm you. <laughs> thank you. 26 weeks pregnant. Um, uh, this is our fourth child. So we have Dominic, uh, Chiara, Francesca, and now... Uh, uh, another baby girl so we found out we're having a girl okay Mm. we found out with two of our kids what we were having two kids we didn't find out you know we went surprise mode okay at the Mm. hospital so very interesting but um we were like the kids were so adamant before we found out that it was a girl and we're going to name her rosie they were like this is the child the gender and the name and so we were like well we probably need to find out what's happening here if they're going to get so attached to that name so Mm. we found out we're having a girl and um uh now comes the big discussion of baby names right Mm -hmm. so um the name i love and i got permission before people think i'm bullying anybody on a podcast or using your like platform using my to platform. just declare to the world to the untold millions of listeners exactly before they think that i got permission from my wife to have this discussion on national network because we're recognized by i mean we're on apple spotify That's right we're syndicated yeah absolutely whatever so, that means whatever that means <laughs> i want the name Stella, beautiful name, right? You you lived in Italy, mm-hmm. Italian name, Stella, star, St- Stella Maris, right? Um, it's Latin, um, but yeah, yeah, sure, whatever, close enough. And so, right, like we see that title in Mary, yes, Stella. Um, are you not a fan of the name Stella? Stella Scansella. Yeah, so that's where it comes weird. in, folks. That's um, where it comes in, okay? It's the rhyming. My I love wife. star names. Can I just say a name like Estrella, Stella? Luna. Moon. Luna. That's not quite a star, but yeah, space names. 
space names. Yeah, I'm into space. <laughs> so I'll support it, you know, insofar so, as it's a space name. So there's the question, though. As a man, we hear it, and this is what I say to my wife. I was like, yeah, okay, Stella Scansella. For those who don't know, my last name is Scansella, okay? I love the name Stella, and I think it's fine, Stella Scansella. But my wife is like, no, the rhyme is ridiculous, and she mm-hmm. will be made fun of. And I'm like, will she? I don't know. You know, I, I know right now, hopefully, our female listeners and our male listeners are very adamant one way or another about this. You know, people, names evoke a lot of emotion in people, okay? Um, and so I'm kind of like, should you base, like, let me back up. Hopefully she's going to get married or become a nun. Mm-hmm. So most likely her name is going to change. Mm. So should I worry about her first 30 years <laughs> with a rhyme if it's going to change? Yeah, man. Um, I don't know. I feel a little bit out of my depth because it really doesn't affect me. But, <laughs> you well, know, celibacy and all that. But uh, I don't know. My my opinion, and maybe y'all can call in and let us know. 888-727-93. Oh, wait, this is a podcast. <laughs> and that number is nothing. But, folks, um, if you continue to listen and we boost our raters, ra- ratings, we might uh, be able to get some new software for better listening and be able to take in some callers. Um, so <laughs> visit our uh, store with our merchandise. No, we have no merchandise. Okay, go ahead. We're getting ahead. there. Yeah. My thought is, I don't care so much about the name. Kids are going to make fun of each other no matter what. They'll find something. But... Um, no matter what. No matter what. Yeah. Like, yeah. One of the, the reasons I was named Paul, for instance, was that it couldn't be shortened and made into a nickname. <laughs> um, which is cool. That's fine. But right, unlike but, Joseph, most most people assume since I'm older and I still go by Joey, which I go by Joey because I'm like one of like a bunch of Italian Joes, and usually the youngest is Joey, and mm-hmm. I've always liked it, and I go by it. But most people assume that being older and still going by Joey, they're like, oh, that's probably his given birth name, right? Um, no, it's Joseph. So yeah. I, I, I like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I mean, people would, people will work to find a rhyming, teasing name, even if there's not one readily apparent. Like this wasn't a teasing thing so much, but when I was studying physics, like somebody was like, "Oh, your last name's Vector? That's like vector, that math term, like, and math and physics term. It's like you're gonna discover the Vector vector. Like that's trying so hard, right, to find a rhyme. People are just gonna find them. And so, as far as I'm concerned. Stella's a nice name. It reminds me of Rocky, which is a Philly thing, right? Why does no, it remind I, you of Rocky? No, I always... That's Adrian. Sorry. Adrian. I always make that mistake. I don't know. Stella is some like movie name that I don't know. But... Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but it does remind me of Rocky. Um, which I thought was an interesting um, thing to go into. And I'm curious of it. Of You've been a priest for how many years now? Four four years does it bother you when a family comes to bring their child to be baptized mm. and the name they choose 
is not a saint name. <laughs> like, do I sneak a saint name it? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, like, do you... Yeah, it... I it, mean, because there's applicable things here for you that you encounter with names. Mm-hmm. Names are very, like, uh, important in the Bible. Yeah. You studied scripture. Names are very important in our Catholic tradition and faith and their meaning. The other name we love a lot is Sophia, which means yeah, wisdom. wisdom. I love that name. Sophia is great, but also Sophia, Sophia Scancella. You still have the A at the end, so I'm kind of like Stella, Sophia, same thing, right? Yeah. But if we stop there, I'm really curious of that. I've always wondered as a priest, does it, does it bother you, which... Hopefully no one listening has the name, like any of these names maybe that I toss out as an example. Like, just like the name Tucker, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something I'm just thinking, okay? Like, that's the name they choose. Do, does that bother you with the amount of saints we have to choose from? And all of our faith and tradition and all of that, Old Testament, New Testament, everywhere mm-hmm. to go, and somebody chooses that because they just like that name. Like, would I prefer Melchizedek or something like that? Yes. <laughs> I think Melchizedek is, like, a superior name. Um, no, but, you know, I, I really don't even think about it that much. Um, like, there is something really beautiful about sitting down and, like, having kind of a biblical approach to names um, and a Catholic tradition approach to saint names. But honestly, just the culture we live in, it doesn't, it doesn't really bother me. It's not like I'm like, oh, man, another Tucker. I'm so tired of Tuckers. Um, <laughs> it's just, yeah, I don't know. Um, names can be important, I guess. Right. But not necessarily. And since we're all called to be saints, I mean, this is kind of a cliche way to, to get out of it. But, but it's true. Since we're all called to be saints, like it's not like there's a catalog of saint names that's you know closed <laughs> um, right. at this point. Like maybe there is a Saint Tucker out there who will canonize someday and then hold up for public veneration and imitation, and people will be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna name my kid Saint Tucker." So that's being a little sorry, not Saint Tucker, but Tucker after Saint Tucker. So it's being a little relativist about it, but it it's really not something I think about during baptisms. Maybe I should. Really? That's fascinating to me, especially how much all those parents out there listening. I mean, you can relate, right? Like the arguments, or maybe you can't, but the arguments or debates about names. And I feel up to this point, me and my wife, we have been almost 100% like in agreement on names over over the years. Mm -hmm. And there's always been a name that has stuck out to us. Mm -hmm. But now we find ourselves in the first time of being like Stella or Sophia, or we even like the name Gemma a little bit. But I like um, Gemma, too. Yeah, I, I like Gemma. Um, but And so I find myself pitting the kids and being like, hey, wouldn't Stella be a great nice. name, Dominic? And, and That's now, such a parent move. Like, just try and, yeah. Which is great. And it reminds me um, of the story of us being together so... I love in our friendship you being called to the vocation of the priesthood, me being called to the vocation of married life. That is different cultures that we live in, right, Um, that we come from. 
You told me a very funny story once about something that happened here at St. Anne's that I would like to bring up for all the parents to have a good laugh at here today. And Uh-oh. that is, there was a first reconciliation moment. Oh, yeah. And I just think it's good oh for gosh. the parents to hear <laughs> the reality of the differences in vocations, the beauty and uniqueness in each vocation, but the differences, right? And what goes into thoughts of what the kids, what kids are thinking, what parents are thinking, everything. Do you mind sharing that story? Yeah. Um, okay. So <laughs> uh, it was first reconciliation for a bunch of kids. And we were in the main church and all the kids were lined up in the front. And the rite of reconciliation when it's done as a group like that has kind of a liturgy of the word type thing at the beginning. You read the gospel. This was Jesus leaving the 99 to go seek out the one lost sheep, bringing it back. Very appropriate for confession, right? That's what he does with us. He goes to seek us out. Um, But I was preaching to kids, and I don't really know how to do that. (laughs) Like, I've been in academia a long time. I'm, I'm learning how to talk to kids a little bit better, but it's just not something that comes natural to me. I don't know what they understand and what they right. don't. Um, and I was like, okay, I guess I'll try, like, kids like to, to respond to things, right? So maybe I'll ask them questions. As I, I asked him something like, who here has had a pet? But I didn't give him specific instructions about how to respond. And so, like, they're all looking nervous and, like, some are raising hands. I was like, okay, be more specific. Like, has anyone here ever had a dog before or a cat? And, like, one one kid's like, yeah, I have. And then I don't know why I took this tack, but I was like, okay, spin it back to the gospel story. Has anyone here ever had a dog or a cat that got lost? before and I was trying to just lead him step by step and then you found it and you were so happy and you want to go tell everybody that's how much joy God has with us um but this one little boy was like yeah my cat got lost at the vet and I was like oh no (laughs) um okay anyone else yeah and never came back and (laughs) and I was like oh no it's happening my worst nightmare I have no idea how to deal with this and then so I was like okay anyone else does anyone else like have that and I kept trying and that one kid kept raising his hand and just being like yeah but my cat got lost at the vet and never came back and I was like okay it's very nice all right let's move on let us pray um and I was just mortified and our director of children's ministry came up to me afterwards and was like that was the most hilarious thing in the world and I was like but didn't I you know just fail completely and she said that all the parents in the room were like, yes, finally, have a taste of my world. <laughs> this is what Welcome to my parents. life. <laughs> yes. This is what we have to, to go with every day. Every day is a battle. <laughs> <laughs> just that, don't say anything embarrassing, just, child. <laughs> that's why I make it a principle to not talk to my children. I think that's good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that in the future. Uh, with these kind of things. I'm just going to stare at the back wall and say lofty theological things and then just move on. (laughs) So I think it's interesting to look at all of that, Father Paul. You share that story and we're oftentimes as parents, um, at least myself, think, man, 
a priest has it so easy. They don't have to raise a family, do this. And a priest probably looks at a family a little bit and is like, man, I have it so easy. I don't have to raise a family. But, you know, I thought it would be a good opportunity for you to share a little bit about it's not that a priest doesn't desire to have a family. It's not mm-hmm. that they don't desire to even be called to marriage. Mm-hmm. Right? Or think of baby names one day, you know, or any of those things that we're talking about. In a true vocation, there is there's a decision that needs to be made there, right? Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to go into that a little bit of like yeah, for, for sure. you personally? And even for the priesthood to say, it wasn't a matter of you saying, I don't desire, you know, this good. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, just, so this is kind of a a hot take on it, but this is, this is really, I find that this gives me a lot of clarity and seems to help people who are discerning a vocation to religious life or to priesthood. Like, we are all called to marriage by our biology right? We're made to have kids. (laughs) Um, And so it is a good and natural thing to have a desire to get married and to have a family. That's something I've had my entire life growing up. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to get married and have kids. Like that was a consistent thing. But then there's this supernatural grace um, that prompts a few not many. And it's not trying to seem elite or anything like that. It's just just the fact. Not very many people are called to the religious life. Um, and that prompting is to, is to give up the very good thing, the very good desire to actually deny oneself, right? And take up one's cross and follow Jesus in this particular way. Um, that's a supernatural gift. It's not a normal thing to, to want not to get married for the sake of the kingdom, right? Right. It's a normal thing to desire that. It's a very good thing. That's how God created us. But then uh, for those who have a religious vocation, he offers them the grace to forgo that very good uh, desire for the sake of being a, a celibate or consecrated symbol Um of the kingdom of heaven, uh, in this like unique and direct relationship with him, uh, mm. for the sake of serving the people of God. So that's, I mean, that's how I think of it. That's how I explain it. It seems to, to bring a lot of clarity to people because people can have very sort of like, you know, I see the good in both vocations and it's good because there is a lot of good <laughs> in both vocations. Um, but to have this, this idea of like, Everybody, by their, by their human nature, is made for family, right? And that it's only by God's grace that people are able to, to make that sacrifice and to live without it. And that, that grace is only offered to a few people for the sake of serving um, and building up the people of God. Right. Um, so that resonates with me quite a bit in my own experience um, because, like, I dated when I was younger. I wanted to get married, like I said. Um, That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. So I, I know many people think or have this idea that most of these priests like never dated, never got close to engagement or discerned that. But part of discernment 
is deserting both sides. Exactly. So how was that for you? Um, well, I had a very strong experience of the good of both sides, and that made it very difficult, right? I'd had a strong, uh, yeah, very strong conversion back to, to practicing the faith when I was in my first year of college. And together with that came a desire to like, just like give up everything and just follow Christ. And I realized like, that's what it means to be called to the priesthood. Um, in that particular way, right? Everybody can feel that desire according to their situation. But for me, um, I was able, I wasn't bound to anything in particular. So I was able to follow that desire and I wanted to. Um, and so that was, I mean, kind of like two really basic questions to ask yourself if you think you have a, a religious vocation. Am I able to do this and do I actually want to do it? Uh, people can get really tied up in their heads about what discernment means. And like those just two basic questions can clarify a lot, understood correctly. And so um, I told God in that moment when I realized this, I, I think he's calling me to become a priest. I said, yes, absolutely. If this is your will, I, I want to become a priest. But then it took me a couple more years of college and I dated and dated even seriously. And um, I, I was really conflicted because there was such good in this this life of marriage. And maybe I was idealizing it a little bit and we joke about that. Right. Some I think everybody does that, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, right. But I kept thinking back to, but what about that deep desire to go sell all you have, to drop your nets, and to come follow me um, in this like extremely direct way? And I couldn't shake that. Every time I would go pray, it would just get stronger and stronger. And so eventually I entered the seminary, kind of kind of uh unwilling it's it's funny like i was super happy i was like yes this is everything that i've been wanting for these past years um, i'm actually pursuing this vocation but there was also a lot of pain and a lot of struggle in making that that sacrifice right um and that's why it takes so long yeah no you have to you have to be sure it takes seven years, seven to nine years to become a priest. And it's not just about studying books and learning theology and stuff like that. That's an important part of it. But really, it's like the human formation and the discernment process. Like, do I actually want to do this? Am I actually able to do this? Um, Has God put this? What I mean by do I want to do this is, has God by his grace prompted me um, to forgo these natural goods for the sake of serving the kingdom in this direct way. Um, and if he has, then like, great. <laughs> but if he hasn't, great. <laughs> right. Probably not called to become a priest. That's fine. Um, yeah. yeah. So anyway. We need to another episode. We'll put it on our docket. We need to talk about if Pope Francis changed tomorrow the decree and said priests could be married. Mm. What would that look like and mm-hmm. how do current priests feel about that and that balance yeah. of because I hear that often said, you know, we could have a larger pool of men to draw from mm-hmm. if we allowed married priests, which is not a big T tradition in the church, but is a right. little T. So we'll, we'll, we'll save that. That's a little teaser. So everybody yeah. make sure to listen back. 
That's right. To to all of that, um, I thought it'd be fun today to end our our final segment. Right, uh, what you reading, what you watching, what you thinking, with since we talked about baby names and my dilemma, which everybody, please feel free to weigh in on this and give me and my wife your opinion if you agree with me that Stella should be my child's name. But (laughs) favorite childhood book and movie and then what you're thinking. Hmm. So as a child, it could be any any range. You were really little, your parents read you this book, or you were... (laughs) You were older, and um, you just were always reading this book or watching this movie. So, as a child, favorite book, movie, and what you thinking? Okay. As a child, the book that comes to mind is Winnie the Pooh, and or Calvin and Hobbes. Those were different ages, but I was definitely into those things. And the movie, more than a movie, the cartoons, Ninja Turtles. I was really into Ninja Turtles really? when I was little. Super into Ninja Turtles. Wait, the cartoon. No, yeah. the movie. No, the cartoon. Much okay. more in the movie. Um, I had like the action figures and stuff. I remember when I was still living in Houston before we moved to Bermuda. Um, some red wasps got into like my Ninja Ninja Turtles fort, and they had to come and spray it down with all this <laughs> pesticide or whatever <laughs> wasp killer. Uh, it was very traumatizing. Um, what you thinking? Ah. Uh, I am thinking how I have an allergy to dust, and I just spent an hour combing through all the old books uh, from St. Anne um, to see what was worth keeping, and it was a very dusty endeavor. Um, And uh, yeah, found some good stuff. It was worth it. Awesome. Favorite childhood book and movie for me. So book, um, I remember my mom always reading me this book called Benny Bakes a Cake growing up. Or um, my personal favorite read when I was a little bit older was Where the Red Fern Grows. A little bit of a sad story, but one of my favorites. Um, And then movie-wise, I was a pretty messed up kid, I think. Because my two favorite movies as a child were Bambi and Old Yeller. <laughs> and so like, if you don't know either of those movies, uh, Bambi's mom gets shot, and in Old Yeller, like, the oldest son has to like shoot his dog because he has rabies. So, Yeah, they're tragedies. They're tragedies. In like, the maybe, classical sense. Maybe that's why I'm such a Eeyore of a type of person <laughs> and negative. But nice way of the poo reference. Solid. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so those were my favorite movies as a kid. Mostly I watched sports, though. Um, mm. And what am I thinking? Please, Lord, let Major League Baseball happen. That has been my thought for the last week. We're so close. We're so close. But I don't trust that it's set in stone. Right. So ladies and gentlemen, we gave you mostly this reprieve of an episode of uh, not too much sports talk so that you're able to draw back into our viewership, but to know we will try to do a good job of explaining some of the for- sports references that we do. So to end this, I want a yes or no, Father Paul. Was it worth it giving Dak Prescott the contract that he just signed? So if you don't know, Dak Prescott is the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, and he signed a one-year deal, correct? 
Yes. And I believe it was $31.4 million. I yes. could be wrong on that exact figure. But I know it was 31-something. 31-something. Was that worth it for the Cowboys? Yes. All right. We'll talk more about that another time. Thank you for joining us today on Prodigal and the Priest. Take care. God bless. God bless.